0: first he just looked like he he was just like blank faced for like the longest time and I'm like I'm like are you still are you still with me here and he looked up at me and he goes
1: hello and welcome to episode 79 of rockstar cmo fm the m is for marketing and the f is so well you decide as you're probably wondering does the world need another effing marketing podcast I'm your host, Ian Truscott, and this weekly podcast serves as my excuse to chat with marketing friends, old and new, that I've met through my 20 year marketing career as a leader, consultant, and trusted advisor, and hopefully share with you some marketing street knowledge that will bring out the rockstar CMO in you. This episode recorded on Friday, the 10th of September. Thank you for joining us. I hope you've had a good week and you are well, safe, and staying as sane as you feel you need to be come say hello we are Rockstar CMO on Twitter and LinkedIn and thank you to friend of the show Dennis Schell for comparing this show to beer in his list of favourite things high praise indeed thanks mate if you've been listening over the last few weeks this should feel fairly familiar I chat with Rockstar CMO advisor Jeff Clark we continue our mini series with Christina Delviar discussing her grit marketing methodology and I kick off my weekend in the Rockstar CMO virtual bar right Let's get started, shall we? On to our first segment. This week, my chum, Jeff Clark, Rockstar CMO advisor and former research director at Serious Decisions Forrester, joins me to discuss marketing planning and where agile fits
2: in the mix. Hello, Jeff.
1: How are you, my friend?
2: I am doing very well. How are you?
1: I'm doing very well, thank you very much, and it's good to have you consecutive weeks again and I think got you for a little while yeah <laughs> well, I'm sure our listener will be delighted that you're here <laughs> 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 but this week uh we're still carrying on about planning. I mean one day we'll stop talking about planning, but it seems such an important topic for us on in as marketers.
2: As I know, you know, it is. And it is that time of year. So, Mm. so, you know, maybe, maybe next time we say we're done with planning, because if you haven't started it, you're toast. (laughs) Yes, Yeah. So then um, what would be
1: the opposite of uh, planning? Coping. Then we'll move on oh, to q <laughs> <Yes, right. laughs>
2: How marketers so, cope
1: with bad planning.
2: That, that, <laughs> yeah, that actually be, could be a topic, yes.
1: Yeah, that's that's our uh, Q2 <laughs> <laughs> Q2 topic. What to do if you're in Q2 and you haven't got a plan. Yep, yep. <laughs> but as but we, we both spotted, well, actually, you saw it first. Um, something from Forrester from Marsha Trask, I think I'm saying her name correctly, yep. a blog post um from your old crew that were talking about uh that talks about um the multiple layers of B2B planning. And I, I saw that you post it on uh well you've shared it with me on LinkedIn. And it was interesting because it's really pertinent to the conversation we've been having. Oh yeah. Uh, so I and I'll include a link to it in the show notes. But what say you about this, my friend?
2: Well well I think so it it, it certainly made me think about a couple of things. And, and one is it 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 does summarize I mean a lot of the topics We've been talking about over the last um, oh I can't even remember how many weeks it's been where we started getting <laughs> onto the, onto the planning topic. You know, we were talking about planning strategy and campaign planning, and and um, and we touched on um, I mean, last week we touched on agile in terms yeah. of how to eliminate waste from from processes. Yeah. And so yeah. so one of the things that 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 post made me think about was was how important planning is to teams being agile. And, yeah. and it's like, oftentimes we think of it as, as, as two ends of a continuum, there's planning yeah. and strategy, and then there's being agile. And that, that, that is absolutely yeah. not the case. And I think one of the things that um, Marsha's posted, and Mar- I mean, Marsha, just, you know, so everybody knows, I mean, she did a lot to create a lot of the uh, different planning models that were mm-hmm. uh, at serious decisions then on into Forrester, particularly in campaign planning area. Um, And, and I think one of the things that it, that post really helps lay the groundwork is that there's, there's really, you know, uh, for, for any organization to operate, you need to be thinking about these different layers of strategy, which helps you understand, you know, how the company is going to grow, how the product Mm -hmm. offerings are going to evolve, who's the audience that we're, we're, we're trying to, um, you know, serve, Mm -hmm. what are their needs? We've talked about that many times. What's your narrative in terms of how you address those needs? So that gets into mm-hmm. a lot of your your content messaging, your campaign uh, organization hierarchy. And that's, you know, that is one piece of a foundation that helps people or marketing teams be agile. The other piece is then when you get into the sort of the annual, you know, okay, we've got this strategy down. Now we're getting into yeah. our annual planning phase, which, you know, again, we've been talking about is, okay, what yeah. are this year's revenue goals? How's marketing going to contribute to that? What are yeah. our personal goals and priorities and what campaigns are we running? You know, what are we running? Mm-hmm. They're that, that continuing to run from the past. What's new do we need to develop? And and so that is that really provides a foundation for – people to be agile and, and, and again, if you kind of go back to those different layers that Marcia was citing is when you get into yeah. the program planning, tactic calendars, et cetera, that's where, that's where agility really happens. And that's where you can, you can make sure, cause that's, that's what everyone executes on. And so yeah. as the individual team owners do their planning and then they go through and execute through the year, that's where they can, yeah. you can really say, here's where we need to, look at the results we're getting and and you know uh, course correct as needed and you get kind of this virtuous cycle of continuous improvement
1: yeah Yeah, i like well there's two two points out of that that i thought was uh, that's interesting is that yes even if you're agile you still need to plan right agile isn't an excuse just to be making it up as you go along the second one, and I've always argued against agile marketing, and it's something that I threw in the put in the Rockstar CMO swimming pool when I first started Rockstar CMO, and I pulled because, it back out. Thank you. <laughs> no, well, I've always no, it, but it, it's 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 evolved really. It's a conversation I think we need to have, and I've actually yep. been privy to, um, you know, some executive uh, meetings that I've been on dinners and stuff where the senior some senior guy at a bank was talking about how he implemented agile marketing and that's kind of thought yeah actually you do need to be deliberate about it it needs a name and but to your point that you just made was the idea that we iterate based on the data is marketing right it's just what we always should do right so that's what always turned me off of the idea of agile marketing and I've always argued against it because I've always said marketing is agile small a not we don't need to invent agile marketing but I think the deliberateness of it is probably it um but the, but but like you were saying it still requires planning so in in this in this article from from marcia she breaks that down right so the layers of planning and then where agility comes into that
2: yep well and and and, and you know i mean she doesn't she doesn't get too much into into the the agile part of it mm-hmm. but certainly discusses how um you know what's needed at that kind of program and yeah. tactic level for execution and, and one of the things that I've often thought is that is that what the well one of the things that's core to agile process and and again we're we're gonna get too into the, the weeds about agile but it's like yeah there there are lots of ways of executing and being agile and the the core thing that you need is to understand how am I supposed to deliver value so deliver mm-hmm. value to internal customers deliver value to my customers or prospects so I can help the company hit its goals. And so that is what a key thing that the, um, the planning process, you know, infuses. It's like, okay, Mm -hmm. I know, I know who who the audience is. I know who the goals are. You know, it's a lot of things I've mentioned before. I know what the, what the the deeds are of the audience. I know what my narrative should be. Okay. Now I need to go run my campaign and Mm -hmm. I've got a, you know, I'm if I'm a campaign manager, I've got a team that I'm working with. Um, uh, you know, if you're in a large organization, <laughs> if you're in a real small organization, mm-hmm. that maybe you, uh, I, you know, I've got goals. So now I can be accountable for specific results. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, in my planning process, I'm going to kind of break the work down into its kind of component mm-hmm. parts. You know, I got to run mm-hmm. webinars. I got to, you know, maybe we have some live events. I've got, you know, digital campaigns, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to be uh, in terms of. The planning part of that, I want to have a more of an iterative approach to planning. In other words, we're going to do stuff, we're going to see how it works, yeah, and then and then continue to evolve. And I need to be um, transparent to the stakeholders, yeah, right. So if I so if my stakeholders are other people in marketing that maybe are the marketing leaders for a business unit or or product line, or that I need to be transparent to sales, I'm trying to create demand. So therefore, yeah. there's an element of transparency that, that is required. Mm. And, and this becomes, you know, part of the, um, uh, mm. the continuous improvement process, because we're going to run things, we're going to report things, mm. we're going to look at the results within the team. We need to evaluate the results and with our stakeholders, mm. evaluate results so that we, so that we can do that, that continuous improvement.
1: Mm. And are they you made a point there about, Well, you may have a large team or it may just be you or it may be a small team. Planning is still important even if it's just you, right? Probably, actually, for that last point you're making about transparency, right, is not only you're keeping yourself accountable and making sure that you've got something set up, but also that you've got something there to point at with people rather than just tactically getting on the hamster wheel and doing stuff.
2: (laughs) That you (laughs) actually
1: you know, you yeah. can demonstrate to a stakeholder that and, yes, there's a, there's there's a to the madness.
2: Yes. And, and, and the, I mean, the one thing, I mean, there's a couple big caveats about, uh, certainly about agile that are, I think are really important. And one is mm-hmm. that, um, it's not meant to be bottoms up management again. So right. I'm getting my direction and I know what I'm supposed to do and accomplish and goals I need to meet. And so, um, I'm in charge of my own work, but I'm not telling the company how to set strategy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it doesn't mean that, that the leadership can go and change their minds frequently and say, okay, Oh, this quarter we're this is the hot topic and we're after this. Oh, geez. You know, that's, that's old news. And I I just, I mean, I remember once uh, with a a leader, we, we know, love that, that it's like, okay, we had a certain (laughs) campaign strategy and it's like, in a meeting and, and and we were like a month into developing this thing and and month in we're like, oh maybe that idea is not gonna work. <laughs> it's kinda like, yeah. oh, wait a minute. <laughs> if it yeah if it if it had a reason to be and it had a strategy and it, and it fit into what we're trying to do as mm. an organization that we need to kind of continue uh, yeah. and execute on that because I need to be you know again we can't be into Q two and, and saying well what's the yeah. plan now? Uh, but I I wanna be able to report back on the results of what we've been able to accomplish for the organization.
1: I think the, I think the problem there is, and we experience this to Marcus all the time, that an idea or an idea for a tactic or a tagline or a little bit of the work is really easy for people to come up with. You know, what about this idea? What about that? the hard part is then to build the plan and do the execution, and then once it's in flight to do the hard miles of getting this to resonate with your yep. audience over a period of time. And yes. to be patient, and to not come up with the next idea that's going to completely flummox them, and they're going to forget what it is that you guys stand for. So I think yep. I think that's really interesting. Is that, and that's the that's the important part of planning, isn't it? Is that you've developed something that it is going to that you can sustain, that you've already sort of torn the bits out of it that can say, you know, and, and giving it a good old, you know, test, um, and therefore you that you can then commit to it.
2: Yes, and I think that's. I mean that. That is, you know, it's like, a, it's like sometimes the, um, you know, it's like your kids telling you how you should parent. It, it's like sometimes you have to reinforce back to the leadership. It's like, well, you know, <laughs> we 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 put ourselves on a path, and you guys lay down a strategy, and it, and it, yeah. and it works. And, and and the other thing is to say that because iterative planning is, is, is part of the nature of being agile is that we should have a, some sort of structure by which we are going to go back and, and rethink things. So Mm -hmm. one of the concepts that, that comes out of, it comes out of agile, but I think it applies broadly to, um, to any kind of, um, planning, uh, and execution, um, process is uh, program increment planning, which is Mm -hmm. at, at some point, Could be twelve weeks, you know, quarter. Could be, you know, could be uh, whatever um, period you want to set. But it's not. It's you're not going to wait till the end of the year before you kind of come back and you bring the team together with the your your um, your stakeholders. So whoever from the leadership, like if again, if I go back to like the campaign manager, who are your chief stakeholders? Your business unit leaders, sales. Let's bring them into a planning session and let's review Mm -hmm. what we did. Let's look at what our the feedback we've been getting let's see how our goals and objectives and vision may have changed a little bit over that period of time and and then create the plan for the next quarter or whatever that cycle right. is and that one of the things that that helps people do is provide a little discipline to the fact that you know we will have an opportunity to change things and review new ideas Uh, and, uh, and maybe do some, you know, course correction. Maybe we need to change some Mm -hmm. of our marketing goals. Maybe we, maybe, um, you know, a particular product line is failing and we've made Mm -hmm. the decision to, um, to put marketing on that on hold while we focus on something else. Um, and so, so it's like, okay, um, you know, rather than just chase every new idea and every, um. Uh, you know, um, you know, bright, shiny object. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like, let's, let's make sure we have time to look at how things are performing, then make the, the call as to how we need to do any kind of course corrections.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. And it's, I think the important thing there, isn't it, is it's course correction. So if you set a course, uh, we, we, you know, as we were saying about um, these sort of layers of planning that you do, these are the courses that you're setting, right? And then the agile part is the correction, is the, is the, is the move. I mean, obviously, sometimes if you've made a complete mistake, then you need to stop it
2: completely. But <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. don't do. Uh, we we know not to do that again. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. But from a um, but so and is, is that in because we were talking about that we were going to discuss the intersection of planning and agile. Is that is that really that? Ben, that you need to come up with a longer term plan and then consider where the agile parts of it are.
2: Yes, and 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 the the fact that the like the campaign manager has their own, you know, plan to create and and you know you mm-hmm. can use the various um, uh, agile terminology. They create a backlog yeah. of specific projects, and these projects yeah. could be you know we're going to run a webinar, and that rep- yeah. webinar is meant to do certain things and have certain targets, mm-hmm. um, and and so that backlog becomes the campaign manager's plan which they can build into you know a larger plan um, mm-hmm. if there're multiple groups you know so let's say they're running demand and digital marketing they're also running events so so they may have their their individual portions of that of that that builds into this epic but but basically the the, the the discipline of kind of coming back and reviewing. I mean, you re, you always review things as you go through the individual yeah. cycles, week to week, or scrum to, or a sprint to sprint. But but you want to be able to bring everybody back, your stakeholders, et cetera, and to review everything. And and that's where they say, okay, we put the the the, the strategy and the plan in place. I yeah. see how it's working this past quarter, um, and now we collectively can make decisions about how we evolve that and that's that's mm-hmm. where kind of the democratization comes in where it's like okay yeah. now the people actually doing the work can have input into uh into the process as well as the stakeholders who um you know who are reviewing it and saying you know we need you know, we need a little more of this or we need a little less yeah of that. yeah and, and um, what
1: level what level are these um agile scrum um, groups is this is this a campaign level or is this like a um, an overall sort of brand message le- where well, where do you see that these i mean because they've got to stay small right and they've got to be agile teams what do you right. see them collected around
2: so it certainly um i mean that's very dependent upon um what needs to be executed but it's mm-hmm. certainly there are um you know what i've seen is you know um that, um, scrum teams or agile teams may develop around, um, you know, creative execution, content development, Uh uh, perhaps the campaign planning coordination itself, because that campaign planning planning will also include members from those other teams, digital marketing, because that's obviously something that is highly dependent on, Uh you know, testing, executing, you know, reviewing results, um, brand, uh, you know, things that have a longer, um, a uh, set of milestones in terms of understanding mm-hmm. how they work; those become more difficult to um, to work into an agile okay. process. Yeah. But you know, certainly a CMO who's got all of these components running can say, you know, here are teams within within my organization for which I can apply a more yes. agile process approach teams which kind of sit outside it and, and or maybe right. people who contribute to those agile processes but they have because of their goals and the mm-hmm. you need know, for their work um you know they're gonna they're gonna execute a little bit differently but we still all have the ability to come back on a quarterly basis yeah. and review how how things are going
1: yeah well, that sounds good so yeah so i think that neatly sums it up doesn't it really and um, and we should refer people back to Marsha Trask's original article that I will yep. include in the show notes that inspired us, which is le- uh, multiple layers of B2B planning. If people want to look it up rather than look in the show notes. You mean if
2: our listener wants to look in the show if notes. <laughs> <laughs> if, so
1: Jeff, if, um, if people are looking for you and want some advice on how they're going to do their planning, where might they find you?
2: Well, certainly on LinkedIn as under Jeff Clark, as well as under Rockstar CMO Advisors.
1: Excellent. Thank you very much, Jeff. And will I see you next week?
2: Yes. Oh, and, oh hang on. And, and we got a, we, you,
1: we you got a tune, I would imagine. We
2: have a tune um, to play oh, people out on. And it's yeah. a... Um, uh interesting uh, uh perspective on the Agile Manifesto as played to <laughs> Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody. It's called the Agile Rhapsody. Uh and I think people will find it entertaining. So I guess you'll probably play a little snippet and then um I will it is uh it is all over the internet so uh, people can find uh, it.
1: You- you really are rubbing in this agile thing since I tried to throw it in the pool. So Now I need to listen well, yeah, to it as At, well, at the so. end of
2: summer, it's good to come out of the swimming pool and I really brought edge with me.
1: <laughs> All right, mate. Well, I look forward to catching up with you next week. Have a great week and I'll uh, see you then. Cheers. Is Take care. bye Is this agility? Caught in a backlog.
0: No escape from being planning Open your eyes Look at the scrub board and see I'm just a poor P.O. I need some sympathy Because it's story scope, story scope Feel the wrath of rushing one Any way the epic goes, customer
1: Thank you, Jeff. And that was a snippet of the Agile Rhapsody that, as you heard, Jeff discovered on YouTube, published by Creative Clouds Production Hub. If you're into that sort of thing, I'll include a link to it in the show notes. And of course, all of Jeff's links. On to my guest, Christina Delviar, who has had an impressive 25-year marketing career in Silicon Valley, holding senior marketing positions at Fortune 100 companies and startups. And she shared that experience and the methodology that she's developed along the way that has helped those businesses grow and scale in her first book, sway implement the grit marketing method to gain influence and drive corporate strategy which is an amazon bestseller this is the third in our four-part series discussing that book and the grit marketing methodology this week we discuss the eye for intention hope you enjoy the series and i hope you enjoy this conversation Welcome back, Christina, to Rockstar CMO FM. How are you doing? I am doing great, Ian. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, and thank you for coming back. Excellent. This is the third yeah. part of our conversation about your book, Sway, implement the grit marketing method to gain influence and drive corporate strategy. Soon, I will get that without looking at my notes. I I will, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Soon, I will get it without looking at my notes. And I've been working on it longer. (laughs) We've been going through the grit methodology um, with the G, the R, the I, and the T. And we're up to the I. So we've done go-to-market. We've done RPM, which was excellent last week. Thank you very much. And the I is intention, that we need to be focused and be more intentional as marketers. Tell us a bit about that.
0: Yeah, so you know, t- to your point, like we, uh, so marketers are—we're pulled in so many different directions. Uh, you know, on a, on a day-to-day basis, whether it's you know somebody popping by to like grab a slide or a t-shirt, or yeah. we just get interrupted all the time. And uh, there's there's an example in the book where, um, I think <laughs> maybe maybe it's not, but uh, I had my team for a full week. I had them basically record all of the interruptions that they had, mm-hmm. and the average. Average interruptions was 200 in a week, 200 interruptions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's all of these little things that we don't, that we do, we do because, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's who we are, right? We want to help. We want to, we want to be there. Um, however, the problem with that is, you know, there's been studies about, you know, how unproductive it is to get interrupted and how long it takes to get back in the flow of things. Yeah. Um, and I think it was like 27 minutes. So if you're interrupted 200 times yeah. in one, this is one, an individual, this was the average, for individuals was 200 times wow. a week, and so how how productive. And effective can you be when you're literally getting interrupted 40 times a day? Yeah. It's it's crazy. So what I like to do is we, we've talked about the map of influence and that is looking at all the different touch points you have as a marketer or in, in any individual, and then prioritizing those based on that go-to-market strategy, the yeah. customer journey, your corporate, um, your overall corporate goals, right? And so those are the things that you really need to be focused on. And so everything you do needs, to be intentional Mm -hmm. um and and you do that by again focusing on all of those um the priorities that you've identified that are going to help you your team and the company reach reach those goals yeah
1: and that's the basic premise of the whole book isn't it is it about how we uh, make ourselves relevant in the business and 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 get um And I I think as you were describing, you know, find our place in the organization, drive the organization. And so being intentional seems to be a a key part of that. And are you talking about um, the intention of the individual marketer or are we talking about the intention of marketing itself?
0: Uh, That's a great question. So it's a a little bit of both, right? It's you as an individual Mm -hmm. being laser focused on the things that are going to help move the needle and move the company forward Um, but as a marketing organization you also need to be super intentional about what it is that you're doing where your resources are going and and the programs and and content that you're focused on where your budget is going you need to be really intentional about about things like that but you know if you think about those 200 interruptions in a day and let's just say on a monthly basis you're reporting out to the company what marketing did like what do supposed to say like well i grabbed a Mm t-shirt out of the you know the closet and then you know i did a slide for bob who had a sales you know it just doesn't it's it's just meaningless right what you want to be able to do is say we ran four programs that generated this amount of revenue Mm -hmm. period Mm -hmm. right
1: and and do you think those two intentionalnesses or intentions (laughs) are linked in that if you become more intentional as a marketing team and you can communicate those intentions better you get less people asking for t-shirts or is the answer to the t-shirt question? <laughs> just, just lock the door. <laughs> <laughs> That's,
0: yeah. I am really good at two things. I'm really good at telling my teaching my teams to say no. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really good at being the buffer for them when they either can't say no or somebody's like, I got bullshit. I'm, I'm saying yes, right? Yeah. I'll, then they'll come to me and I'll be like, no. They said no, so no. Yeah. Um, but I think that, that that is important. And I think it's important for, you know, again, every individual. Yeah. Regardless of where you are in the organization, but to be able to say no and share in context why, right? That helps, that helps elevate you. It helps people understand what is it you're actually focused on. Mm-hmm. And, and it gives them the out to say, okay, I understand. So like you can say, like somebody comes by and, you know, says, hey, you know, I need a t-shirt for this. I'm going to visit a customer. If you can say, you know what, that's great. Right now, I'm actually focused on making sure that our webinar is successful so that we can reach our revenue mm-hmm. targets. That's super easy for them to be like, oh, okay, I totally, I'll, I'll go grab a t-shirt myself out of the yeah, closet, yeah. right? Um, and so, helping people understand what it is that you're doing mm-hmm. and why you're doing it, and sharing that context, I think, really goes a long mm-hmm. way. And that that again has to do with that intention and knowing why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. Right. And do you
1: think that's a weakness in marketing often? And that's part. I mean, this the whole theme yeah. of the book, right? Is yeah. Is <laughs> that, um, the reason why marketing is often overlooked and and considered to be. A, a, you know, a, an execution function rather than um, mm-hmm. somewhere to, to, to for, for innovation too. and for leadership. Is it? Yeah. Is it? How, how how do we how do we balance that? Because we are seen as the people that can provide the t-shirts, change a spelling mistake <laughs> right. on the website, all, all the all the stuff <laughs> that comes cocktails. through. You know. So what? Um, so um, the. And and you've talked about how you be, you are are this buffer, but how do you think that we elevate that? How do you how do you instill into your organisation this change? This change to be, you know, vital to the organisation. Therefore, shouldn't be disturbed for t-shirts. <laughs>
0: right right and, and again I think it goes back to in it and again it's a maybe it's a bit of a catch-22 or you yeah. know chicken for the egg like we have yeah. to get to a point where we can show that impact in those results so people stop coming to us mm-hmm. for things like that and instead are coming to us for more strategic intentional things yeah um, so it so it is it does take some time you know I would say it takes anywhere from you know honestly six months to a year within a large organization to kind of shift that thinking about what we're doing yeah. um, but part of it goes back to which we talked about in you know the series early on yeah. like empowering people empowering people you know whether it's to say no or to yeah. um, build those relationships where you can start showing some of that context yeah. um, some of it you know and this this has come up a lot during during the pandemic and COVID is having empathy mm-hmm. um, you know I I certainly I am s- very empathetic to product right I mean they are being torn in a lot of different directions too and you know sales is asking. For for everything, you know, everybody wants bespoke um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) products and solutions. Uh, Customer success is complaining about the tickets. And, uh, you know, so they, they, they too deal with a lot of things, sales, you know, I certainly would never want to be in sales. And so having, having that understanding and having empathy and building those relationships and really understanding where everybody fits into Mm -hmm. that, that entire system of, of getting to what the corporate strategy is, I think, I think is really critical and important. And then, and that, that does take time, right? Um, one of the things that I, I do with my teams is, and sometimes, sometimes it's a known thing. Sometimes I don't tell anybody I'm doing this, mm-hmm. but I basically um, assign people from other organizations as like, you know, buddies. And, you know, so I'll be like, Hey, Mary, why don't you go talk to Tim in engineering and, you know, also go talk to Steve in sales, right. And start setting them up to build some of those relationships, you know, go grab some coffee every once in a while, or, you know, go, you know, hop on the zoom, whatever, whatever that looks like in the future. Um, Because you start, you start building, you start building some of that, um, and again, it's just really getting to understand where the other person is coming from, what their goals are, what they're being measured on mm-hmm. as well, so that you can really help them. And it does, it takes time. Yeah, that's time up to build actually that. a
1: few times in the podcast. In the marketing's role, uh, in the sort of center of an organization and building these relationships between these different um, organizations, Yet yeah, we're often seen as siloed or seen as a silo or work in siloed ways. So I like this idea (laughs) that we need to be intentionally the connectors within a business. Is that... Is that yep. what you're
0: saying? I, absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting because I was talking to – because, again, I, I like to look at it from the customer journey standpoint, right? Yeah. You have your product, product is built, and then oftentimes that's how the company starts. It's a product or a solution, yeah. and then you move to, like, this more, like, let's get this out and let's go to market. Yeah. Um, so marketing comes on, then sales, and then you have customer success is doing the onboarding and, mm-hmm. um, you know, really hopefully focused on churn. So you you already, you already have that, right? Um, but the interesting thing is, is I was talking to somebody who is head of customer success um, for, for a company. And they they were reading the book. They're one of my beta readers and they were like, this is amazing, but the problem is um, sales and marketing have more influence on product than our customer success team does right. right now. So like we go as customer success, we go directly to the product team and say, we need this, we need this, we need this, and they completely ignore us. Yeah. And I'm like, great go through marketing then. And she was like, what? I'm like, yeah, work with marketing so that then either you and marketing can go to product together or even marketing, if they have that influence, uh, you know, or sometimes go to sales, can have that influence with with product, right? And that just goes to building those relationships so that over time you, like, you know, and again it happens. We're super busy. We all get siloed. We Mm. get siloed even within our own organizations, right? You know, you've got your digital marketing person your yeah, content yeah. marketing person your brand um and and it's really critical you can do that it's just going to take you longer and that is where i feel strongly with the with the grit marketing method honestly that you can easily like double triple you know quadruple your revenue yeah. if you're all working collaboratively yeah, yeah. together for the same goals yeah i
1: remember though when we when we uh, spoke in may just as uh, just to remind folks you came on the um podcast i think episode 64 and we did a really short um, review of the book, but you also mentioned where you'd worked with directly with the product team, and as a marketer, you'd figured out that there was an opportunity for the product. So it was like ten million dollars. Oh, if I remember it was, the it story was crazy. It, yeah. was, it
0: was yeah, it was fifty million. So what happened million. was yeah, right. And and it's interesting because like product, you know, again they get they get slammed with stuff all yeah. the time, and everybody wants bespoke, and they're like ah, yeah. um, and and marketing needs to help them identify where. Where they can, where that go-to-market kind of comes in, that strategy and and revenue and features functionality, Mm -hmm. bundling, how to price, all that, all that stuff we need to help with. But yeah, what happened was it was, um, it was a feature that needed to be built so that within the next uh, after it was built, so basically within eighteen months, it would generate about fifty million dollars in revenue. So pretty, pretty crazy, right? And so I I had initially gone to product and I said, hey, you know, uh, I need this to be built. This is the reason why. Can we, can we? prioritize the roadmap so that this gets out and I needed it done by a certain date. So I could take advantage of, of a, a big conference that was coming up. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily recommend you do that just because <laughs> right. Like, Hey, there's a show coming up, so let's build a product. <laughs> um, but in, in this case, it was really going to be able to amplify yeah. where we needed to be a year from now. Yeah. Um, so product was like, Nope, Nope, Nope. So I actually ended up going to the head of engineering yeah. and I said, look, here, here's the deal. Um, this is, this is what I'm looking for. And again, all in context and having that empathy. Look, yeah. I know what you're working through. I know your struggles with the roadmap. Yeah. Um, I have no idea how long this really will take to build because I'm not a programmer. Yeah, I don't yeah. code. Yeah. Um, so, but this is what I'm looking for. This is why. And these are the results, $50 million in revenue that we can gain if we're able to incorporate this feature. Yeah. And I kid you not he first he just looked like he he was just like blank faced for like the longest time and i'm like i'm like are you still you still with me here and he looked up at me and he goes he goes nobody's ever talked to me in terms of like what the revenue that my team can bring in Mm -hmm. and he was just like in shock and i'm like well um Basically, again, 100% of the revenue can be attributed to engineering building this product that yeah. our customers yeah. use, right? Yeah. And and it's just like putting it in that context to him. So he was literally like, I totally get it. I'm going to rearrange the, the roadmap. We'll hire more people. We'll do whatever it takes to get
1: that mm-hmm. done because I understand why you want it done now. Mm. Oh, that's a perfect story. And that, so, yeah. so therefore, we're talking about being intentional. And so it's about being intentional in terms of our mission as marketers right as individual Mm -hmm. marketers and what we need to achieve intentional as a marketing team uh, in terms of what we need to achieve as marketing but also intentional in the way that we build relationships across the business and do this this um what did you call it again the m- the map of influence then we make sure that exactly. we exactly in that. that's exactly excellent. so that's intention yeah. and I know there's a lot more about it in the book and Absolutely. as a reminder your book is called sway implement the grip marketing method to gain influence and drive corporate strategy uh, thank you very much. Uh, the time yeah. has run out again, uh, Christina. Again. <laughs> but next week, we'll be discussing the tea in Grit in our final part. Uh, in the meantime, when folks spin the dial on the interwebs, where are they going to find you, Christina?
0: They can find me at Christina dot com, hmm. and they can find out more about Sway
1: and Grit at SwayTheBook.com. That's perfect. Thank you very much, and I'll speak to you again next <laughs> week. Sounds you Sounds good. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you, Christina. So that's the I for intention in grit. And next week, we round off the series with T for tools and technology, a perennial hot topic for us here on Rockstar CMO. So I'm looking forward to that discussion. I will, of course, include a link to her book and all the places you can find Christina in the show notes. Please look her up. Writing a book and promoting it is hard work. And if you are enjoying this conversation, I'm sure she would be delighted to hear from you. Right, it's that time of the week. It's Friday evening. Time to wind down in the Rockstar CMO virtual bar where we have a slight staffing problem. Running a bar at the moment even virtually is tough and sadly our pianist has been caught in the track and trace system here in London and is self-isolating from the vid. Luckily for us, as you can hear, Robert Rose, who is a fabulous pianist, has stepped up. So he can't join me here at the bar, but judging by his tip jar and the rousing rendition of Sweet Caroline You Just Missed, he's doing a pretty fabulous job. Hello, Robert. Oh, hello, my friend. It's nice to see you in the bar. Thank you. You're doing a great job, buddy. So it's just me and you, listener. So I'm going to pour myself a drink. Robert did suggest I muddle something into a nice Reposado tequila, you know, like he does. But like the number of people you're hearing from right now, my bar is somewhat limited. So I'm going to take some ice. Hang on a sec. Some of this fabulous Hendrix gin. I'm still drinking the Luna gin. And let's pour that. And I'll also, um, obviously, muddle some tonic into it and say cheers to Robert. Cheers. Cheers. I think I could drink those every week. As this segment was born out of lockdown 70 episodes ago when Robert first joined the show, if you're a regular listener, you'll know that we've transported our virtual bar all over the world. But as it's my thought this week and it's about personalisation, I want you to decide where would you like to find me and Robert as we chat about marketing? Imagine we're there and let us know. You know where to find us on the interwebs. Yes, personalisation is my thought for this week. It's something I've been mulling over for a while, but since hearing that TikTok's parent company ByteDance is going to sell its algorithm, I thought I'd share a quick thought here, as I have mixed feelings about this whole topic. 20 years ago, when I was taking my first steps into web content management, or digital experience management as the cool kids call it today, personalization was about websites showing you stuff you might like, like Amazon has been do- doing for over two decades, and the commercial gains are well proven. But... With the rise of social media, third-party cookies and marketing automation, it has taken a far greater role in all our online experiences. Personalisation is now difficult to escape. It's widely reported about how the algorithms that drive social media channels eager to serve more of what we like are taking us down rabbit holes. Sometimes it's as harmless as wondering what the hell happens in the last 20 minutes to taking vulnerable people down a path to extreme political views, misinformation and exposure to extremism i've long felt that if my life had been personalized i would never have met my wife but that's the story for when you know we're in a real bar but a better analogy is listening to radio 4 here in the uk radio 4 is a talk radio station that includes cultural commentary plays political programs comedy satire and a long-running soap called the archers i think npi is the closest in the u.s perhaps that you have When I used to commute by car a lot, I'd often listen to Radio 4. Well, I still do, but, you know, not so much since lockdown. Anyway, as it's radio, I listen to whatever is being served at the time. There are, of course, regular shows I'd listen for, but I'm often exposed to something different. One of those programmes is Women's Hour. This is a programme that has run since 1946, and as you can imagine from the title, is dedicated to women's issues and topics. As a man listening to it, you almost feel like you're intruding, but it's a different perspective. And I learn a lot about topics I don't naturally get exposed to, a perspective I, if I wouldn't get if I allowed an algorithm to choose my media. So, what does this mean for marketers? Surely personalization is good. Amazon has made billions from other people like you, like this. And we're driven to serve relevant content to our audiences. But I think we need to consider a few things personalization definitely yields results getting it right requires insight an incredibly clean updated database the right technology and probably most importantly a strategy that carries this intimacy throughout the customer experience without crossing that line into being creepy we could probably do a whole show maybe a whole series about that But the algorithm and the machines cannot always be trusted to find everyone who might be interested in your content, product or service. There's probably a wider influencer network than the fine honed persona you've developed or the other people like them that have liked this. A new audience that are open to something different to what they normally consume. And maybe, more importantly, we need to break out of the algorithm curated bubble of what informs us as marketers and how we might influence others. Be purposeful about looking at other industries, listening to something different. For example, Jeff talked about lean manufacturing last week and what we could learn from that and also other kind of marketers. And yeah, it's not very rockstar, but maybe listen to Radio 4. That's my thought for this week. Let me know what you think. If you want to hear more from me, I got interviewed this week by Keith Smith for his Fuel podcast, which you can find, obviously, on all the good podcasting channels, which I think is coming out this Sunday, the 12th of September. And cheerio, Robert. Cheers. Of course, although he can play, that wasn't really Robert on the piano. That was our regular tune. If you read the show notes, you'll know it's played by Johnny Easton. And I share that tune under Creative Commons license. So that's a wrap on episode 79 of the Rockstar CMO Effing Marketing Podcast. I've been your host, Ian Truscott. And thanks again to Jeff and Christina. I really appreciate the time sharing their insights with us. So please check out their work. You can find all their links in the show notes in your favorite podcatcher and at rockstarcmo.fm, where you can also find all our previous episodes. But most of all, thank you for dropping a dime into your podcast YouTube box, selecting our track and jiving along with us. Let me know what you think, or if you have any suggestions, I'd love to hear from you. We are Rockstar CMO on Twitter and LinkedIn. And please leave a rating or review in your favorite podcatcher, or just keep listening. I'm glad you're here. Next week, Jeff returns for a chat about marketing and sustainability. It's Tea for Tech in part four of our series with Christina Delviar, and Robert Rose will definitely return to his Rockstar CMO virtual bar store. Until then, I hope you had a great week and you'll again join us here next week at Rockstar CMO FM.
2: You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business?